Hello, everyone. My name is Julia Ferrioli. My pronouns are she, her. It is, oh my gosh, September 20th, 2023. The final stretch of 2023. Um, and it is a lovely day in Seattle, although it's the start of spider season. So I'm like constantly glancing around. But today I'm joined by Robbie Russell. Um, Robbie, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi there. Nice to uh, finally get to chat with you, um, Julia. And so I'm Robbie Russell, he, him. I am located just south of Julia in Portland, Oregon, and it is a little sunny, a little cloudy. Um, it's, I feel like it's been spider season for at least three weeks here. Um, now the rain is starting to sneak its way into my morning routine. So yeah, um, aside from where I live, I am a software developer. I run a software development agency called Planet Argon. We specialize in Ruby on Rails development, but most people know me as being the kind of, as I'm starting to reframe it as rather than the creator of, I'm the curator of Oh My Z Shell, which is a um, open source development tool for software developers to make their command line look interesting and have a bunch of cool plugins for lots of different languages and frameworks and CLI tools. So I'm also the host of the Maintainable Software Podcast. Well, welcome. I am a I I am a user of Omaze oh Shell, um, for sure, and have been well, that makes for one years. Of us. I give, wouldn't use it. I'm giving a skeptical okay. look <laughs> um for our readers and listeners. Um before we dig into your story. I did have a random question for you. Do you have a favorite noble gas? You know, you think it would be argon. It's not. It's neon. That's kind of a you can well, mainly because I, I know what neon looks like and I've seen it. I've seen argon gas in some various at some science muse museum here in Portland and like there was some cool stuff that they were doing with it but I don't know a lot about these things and that's not actually where the name comes from for my company um it's actually a fictional place where redheads came from in from a Tom Robbins book oh today I learned interesting which has a large Pacific Northwest and Seattle short story within that story I don't know if you've ever read much Tom Robbins before but um anyways I, I won't I won't bury the lead too much there but or, but that's another conversation for another time it's an inside joke about redheads i'm people can't see that but i am i am a redhead and for 21 years i've been running a company called planet argon and my employees some of them don't know where the name comes from and they don't realize it was actually just a joke <laughs> that just never died i mean the best jokes don't typically yeah. <laughs> right well um i'm learning all of the the inside scoop then with with a short like two minute conversation already so um wow well my my favorite noble gas is is probably also neon just because i really do like neon signs and bright shiny things so i'm a yeah. bit of a magpie i just got some new 
um, running shoes. I run a lot and I got some new shoes with some really bright neon colors on them and I call them my neon demons. <laughs> so yeah, neon's kind of like a pretty common thing in my world. Cool. Um, so give us a little bit of a background on Oh My Z. Oh my Z shell. Is it Oh my Z shell or is it Oh my ZSH? Because I've been saying the latter for ages. I say Z shell. Okay. And because Z shell, I think if you go look at like the the website or whoever, I forget the name of the, you know, I think I would know the name of the person that created Z shell. Um, I don't. Um, probably should know that off the top of my head. Um, they probably don't know who I am either. But, anyways, that, be that as is made. So, Oh my ZSH. Oh, my Z shell. I kind of, you know, I interchange it all the time. And I think that just becomes a habit of, I speak with a lot of different people. So I might be on a podcast. You might actually hear me say ZSH and stuff like that because I'm talking with some people abroad or something. It's not Zish or Zosh. And I've heard every variation of it over the years. And that's fine. You can call it whatever you want. Do it, do it, make it yours. It's oh my, whatever you want to call it. That's that, that's sufficient. Having said that, so Oh My ZSH, Oh My Z Shell, um, I'm, I'm going to try to stick with Oh My Z Shell the rest of this conversation. Oh My Z Shell started several years ago. I was using ZSH. <laughs> See what I did there? Um, and like a bunch of my fellow peers in the, the Ruby on Rails community, we're all, a lot of us were using ZSH. And this was probably back in 2006, 2008. And there was a lot of cool things you can do with it. Some plugin or uh, not plugins, but made my prompt look kind of cool. Git was new and around then, and you could do things like have your branch show up. And so I was kind of like just collecting, copy and pasting different things from different friends that would share things from their configurations. And I kind of made my own version of it. And I just kept tacking on all these things into my ZSH configuration file. And I would be sitting down pairing with one of my coworkers at my company, and they would not have they'd be using bash because that was the default on their laptop and i'd be like i wish you had all these little shortcuts that i had and and they were really skeptical of me just saying here copy paste this configuration into this file and just start using it because some people actually like to understand how things work and why it works the way it does and i'm just more of a i don't know how this all works but it does do what i wanted to do and i don't need to know all that like i don't fully understand all the syntax that it's doing in here this is what I've learned how to do because my friend showed me or I copy and pasted some ideas over the years. So just kind of like, it was this kind of Frankenstein configuration file. So one day I decided to take, I was like, maybe I'll document it. I'll make sense of it, kind of clean it up a little bit. That way they could read it. My configuration file with some, some docs or some comments in it. And as I was doing that, I started organizing it and be like, oh, maybe this could just be in different, like here's some Git related things. So I threw it in a Git file and they made a directory structure. I was like, oh, I'll just move this into separate because it was like a long, complex looking file by itself. And so like, I'll just move this into like a little bit of a project structure. And I was like, well, maybe I should make this a Git repository and I'll just throw it up on my GitHub and people can share it. And I, it's like, oh, my ZSH. I didn't think about the naming of it at all. It was just like, here's my ZSH configuration. And the oh, my thing was actually related to another project that I had worked on with another coworker about a month before, something completely, completely different that was called oh, my science. And I just like took the name idea and played with it or just kind of kept using that and thinking that my coworkers would use it. I said, I had a readme file that showed them how to like clone the project and how to, and how they can make a couple of quick little configuration changes. And then they all installed it. And so everybody on my team started using my ZSH uh, pretty quickly. And 
then within a day they're like well how do i make changes so that like i like you're you guys, i want to make the colors different and i'm like well what was wrong with my configuration mine's the right way to do it mine don't i'm like well all right how could we make that work so they would just I'm like just change the config file and you can do this but then as i was making changes to my version we were they couldn't just pull down the changes from my git repository because there would be a conflict because they changed the file and i did and so i was like well i guess you can fork it and then you have your own version but then how are we going to keep this in sync and so i was like well i'm making like under the hood changes like new aliases and other things and so i i'm like well i guess it almost seems like we're talking about like themes kind of like mm -hmm. i'm shrugging my shoulders like and that was so the very first version of my z shell didn't have themes but themes came within the first few days because one of my coworkers, carlos wanted to have his own colors scheme and some different wanted to make some changes allison wanted her things gary wanted his things so we all so i was like all right well, we'll just have different theme files and we can change those and we can commit them all and you, i'll take your changes and and we can evolve it that way that way we don't clash with each other Mm -hmm. And then I thought I would throw it on my blog and mention it with my my community of other Ruby on Rails developers and people started using it. And then then I, we had like there was stuff baked in for Ruby and Ruby on Rails in there. And some people were started using it and they're like, well, I don't use Rails. I, I do stuff with Python and Django and I want to do some aliases for that. And I'm like, well, I don't need those. So I'm like, is that like a plugin like, or maybe a Python or a Django plugin? So people started submitting plugins and I kind of created a, a structure for that so we had a directory of plugins a directory of themes and then within a few months it was getting like several dozens of themes and plugins were coming in from just you know various people on on, on github because we were very early on in the github community so that kind of just spiraled and then you know like a year within a year probably had i don't know 60 plus themes maybe more i don't, I don't remember off top of that 50 different uh plugins and things like and such as well so it just kind of snowballed and people were just com contributing ideas and i was just more of a sure bring it all in and we'll just see what happens and it was very much a community project so it, i didn't have the vision of thinking i was successful in day one is that i got my coworkers to use this z shell on their computer and a lot of other people were curious about it and would install it and i and I did things that kind of speed up the onboarding process for people. And I, we can dig into some fun little you know, stories and reflections I've had over the years since then. So that was in 2009. It's now been over, what, 14 years that it's been around as a project, open source project, and has had contributions from well over 2,000 people. And developers have had code contributed contributions to the project and still kind of doing its thing now. Very cool. Um, I actually cannot remember what, how I first learned about Oh My Z Shell. So I think that speaks to how widely it spread and how rapidly as well. I'm sorry um, to to everybody for that. Um, it, it was funny. It was like an interesting period where people would send me like a photo of them being at some conference and it wasn't like a conference I would go to because it was like a different tech stack or and it'd be across the, across the country or a different part of the world. And someone would be doing like a coding demo. And I would be like, hey, they would show a photo of like, hey, I saw Omaji saw on the in the slides, like they were using it. And I was like, that's so wild. Like it, people are using it in their coding demos and like and people would be like, that's cool. But what is that thing you're using? How did you make your 
terminal look like that? And I think one of the things that what I learned is that a lot of coding schools started like teaching people to use it because I think it just made people feel more comfortable really quickly in the command line if that wasn't an environment you had a lot of experience with. That over time became kind of the focus for the project. Uh, there was a point when I had some some people contributing and they wanted to kind of in, they wanted to add some features that I think were more advanced in a lot of ways that would require people to know a little bit more about some of the more advanced features of Git, like knowing how to deal with like Git submodules and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and I was like, well, this is gonna. If it was a, so there was like an inflection point where I was like, we were getting along really well. And then I was like, I really just do not think I feel comfortable doing going down this path because I feel like it's going to make it complicated for people that don't have a lot of experience with the command line, let alone Git to like start needing, like you needed to have Git installed to at least install OMAZ shell because it, you know, the way we do the auto updating is just using a Git pull basically from, you know, the main branch in the project. And I was like, I don't know that I can, I don't want to make the make it so complicated. I'm like, if people, and I was like, I'm just going to allow this be a project that people will kind of outgrow as their skills grow if they choose to. It might, it's not going to be for advanced people. So I decided, I'm like, this is going to be for, if this can be really useful, someone can go to the website, copy paste something into their terminal, and then immediately they get some interesting themes. They have access to some of the aliases. There's some clear instructions on how to make change the theme, how to add and take advantage of different plugins. We have got readmes for everything. Let's just start there. You don't need to use OMG Shell to take advantage of a lot of the features of Z Shell. It's just kind of, it's just like a cozy way to get introduced to it. And so I was like, I'm, that's going to be the core focus for OMG Shell. But that didn't, I didn't have that vision for it until there was a point where I had to make a decision. And the the project actually got forked at that point. There's an actual, there's a fork at one point, it's called Presto, it's still around. Um, and I don't know if they fully went through the Git submodule approach, but it's it's around and people do, people will talk about like, oh, I'm leaving OMAZ Shell to start using this other thing, or there's a lot of other, you know, and there's a lot of uh, clones of OMAZ Shell in different, there's like, oh my bash, and there's like Posh for like the Windows. Um, I've never used these other tools. Um, but it's kind of flattering that they've kind of kept using the name in a weird way. And I'm like, you know, that was just an, another inside joke thing. And people are like, what does the name mean? And I'm like, I just, it's nothing. Uh, it's just what I picked one day. And I'm glad to see that it's, it's still being used. So, and the, and the other thing that's fun about this particular project for me has been like thinking about marketing open source projects because I got into software development in the first place, not because I wanted to be a programmer, but because I wanted to sell stickers on the internet. And so I wanted, I learned how to make web pages back in the late nineties so I could sell stickers and wanted to do some sort of mail order thing online. And I didn't really sell that many stickers. And, but now come full circle because of some software I wrote, I now sell stickers almost daily, t-shirts, coffee mugs, people buy. It doesn't make us much money or anything, but it's, at least it's like a fun thing that I can see people send sticker photos from around the planet. And I'm like, it's wild. And that, that's kind of exciting. I will I will have to take a picture of my sticker and send it to you. That, just I would so you get that. another one in your yeah. in your collection. That would be wonderful. So I wanna I, I wanna ask about you know how Oh My Z Shell took off so rapidly. You know, you you mentioned uh two words that are are interesting choices, both spiraled 
and snowballed. Mm. Um, and I'm kind of wondering where or at what point did it go from being this this like fun little project to maybe oh my goodness this is a little bit overwhelming or this is this is a bigger thing than i thought it was going to be i think well i know that the you know i had i used to blog a lot and and i was kind of a moderately well-known blogger in the ruby on rails community so i had an audience there um it was pretty early days, I think, for a couple of things. It was GitHub was pretty new. Um, I, Shell was launched in August of 2009. I think GitHub had been around for maybe a year-ish or so. Um, I know the people that started GitHub, you know, I think a couple of them, like, you know, they featured it um, in some of, like, their popular, there used to be some ways that there would be rankings of, like, popular projects there or or ones they recommended. Um, so there was a couple people that just helped, you know, just share it with our peers because it wasn't like they were trying to like make it successful or this big thing. It was just like a lot of us were using Z Shell and it was kind of like, let's not use the default bash anymore. Let's use Z Shell. And this was like, here's an e easy way to start doing that. And so I think that I remember 2011, I got invited to be on a podcast called Changelog and kind of early on in that podcast life cycle and i remember thinking this is weird like to be interviewed about this goofy little project that i spun up and i'm like i occasionally would like pop over to something was going on github and i'm like it's you know it merge 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 sounds great sometimes they would break things whatever just like just yeah, it's a have fun i didn't really feel like i was you know changing the world or anything with this project it was just like yeah this is just kind of like a warm little fuzzy thing that you can install um but so but when it but then I realized, I remember if you go back and listen to that, that podcast episode, I, I commented in there that like my goal was to keep the number of open issues and pull requests under 100. Mm -hmm. And I think if I go like literally poke the project right now, I'm like, it's, it's, that's embarrassing now. Um, I think the number of open, you know what, they're doing a decent job. Our pull request counter right now is 399 open pull requests and 199 issues. The way I've always looked at Omez Show is that it's been feature complete since day one. All the other things that people are wanting to make changes to are little enhancements and improvements. They're not, they're very rarely bug fixes. Like that does happen and we'll, we will prioritize that, but it's usually a lot of new plugin features or new aliases and or just larger refactorings that we're nervous because we don't want to like break anything. So we're like, let's just take our time, get enough people to test things out. There's three project people on the project right now that are that have access to actually do merges. Um, I do the least of them these days. I've um, got other people working on that. And it's Mark and Carlo. They both live in, in Europe. And so they they do a lot of that stuff. And I'm kind of like more of like, I get pulled in and I help facilitate our, we do monthly meetings and stuff like that. Kind of sync up on some of these things and what our priorities are. But we don't, it's not our main priority. I've ever thought like, if we just didn't merge anything for two months, I don't feel like that's going to be detrimental to anyone that's using Omezi Shell. It's just that they're not getting new things that they may or may not have the time to even go look up and see what's coming in, you know, coming from upstream. So it just means that, because everybody that already made those changes to those projects in their own fork of the project already has them. So it's just more of like, you want to share your contributions, great, but it's not a, 
I, I don't feel like it needs to be thought of as like this is like mission critical we always got to be focused on this this is like not the number one project open source it's the number one open source project that i'm focused on but it's not one of my top five personal projects that i'm thinking about right now it's kind of like teeters around being number five number six seven or something depending on where i'm at the time of the year and you know how much mm -hmm. capacity i have because i run a business and i've got other things i've got going on too so and that's an important thing to remember about, op about open source is like i'm not gonna i don't want it to burn myself out but I do have other people that are participating and joining and to help kind of keep things moving, maybe at a slower pace than some people would like that are have pending pull requests. But at the same time, we're not keeping anyone from that's anyone that's savvy enough to go pull those new features and, and load them in their own version of you know their own copy of Omazy Shop. Because again, we're just using Git. You know, there's you know, there's like twenty six thousand forks of the project. You know, so it's like people can do whatever they want in their forks and more people can do that. And so, yeah, that's kind of how I think about open source for this particular project. And so I think that's, when you think about open source things, I just like, I didn't go into it thinking like, this is going to be a thing mm -hmm. that I'm going to need to spend tons and tons of time. It just became this like happy accident that, as I said, snowballed into this big thing that lots of people use. And if I want to keep this sustainable, I'm just going to kind of keep doing what I do. I think that is underrated stance in open source. So I deeply appreciate you having that and, and expressing it here. It's a, it's one of, you know, I know a lot of people of those 2000 plus contributors to the project have, that might've been their first project or the first open source project they contributed to. And that's wonderful. And so we pay attention to that. You know, we actually, we do, the community building and like how we're thinking about the people that do interact with the project. I use a tool called Orbit um, mm -hmm. to kind of track contributions. And and so I know I get flagged when like it's someone's first contribution. So I'll try to be be mindful about that and maybe reach out to them and thank them. You know, occasionally I will, you know, like one of the other things that's really great because it's like, you know, I mentioned like Twitter or X or whatever it's called these days. People will talk about Omizi Show, do a lot of like demo videos or in, like tutorials and put them up on YouTube, different languages. Sometimes I have to like go try to find translations for stuff. I'm like, are they saying good things about it or bad things? It's, anyways, I always try to like re-promote things from people. Sometimes it's like some blogger, it's like they only have two blogs on their blog. It's like one of their first few blog posts and they wrote something about Omizi Show. I'm like, I love getting to share that with, you know, the 150, whatever crazy number of thousands of people that are following on my Z show on Twitter. And I'm like, I can amplify these people, just kind of like celebrate the fact that there's all these people kind of excited about it. It's weird seeing people talk about it on TikTok, you know, and like, like how to like do make your, how to feel like a hacker all of a sudden, like in, in 30 seconds. And I'm just like, this is silly, but it's kind of funny and fun and got to get to be part of that, I suppose. So I don't, yeah, again, it was, it was feature complete the first day that I got my coworkers to use it and like all these other people are using it. And I'm like, it's kind of, it's a little wild to be honest. So you started in, in tech to sell stickers on the internet. And yeah. I don't think it's, it's necessarily a coincidence that in Oh My Z Shell or yeah, Oh My Z Shell, um, you've enabled so many people to express creativity through customization of mm. of their shell 
as well. Um, do you think about the relationship between the the creativity of your your CLI and the creativity of of how and what we create? That's that's an interesting observation. I I always think of myself as a very I, I was just recently chatting with someone about how most of the projects I work on tend to be collaborative. And so collaboration tends to be a really important thing for me. And so any whether you know I play music, I I'm not a I couldn't I learned that I when I wasn't in a band, I really struggled. I feel like I was improving because I didn't have people to bounce ideas off of or no one was challenging me. You know, I like sit on the board of a nonprofit. I get to like I enjoy the board meetings. You know, I run a company, but I and I talk with people that are freelancers. And I'm like, I don't understand that world because I really need to work with other people on things. And so I've always been maybe a little bit of an oversharer of what I create. And so I think maybe speaking to that creativity part of it, like Oh My Zisha wasn't the first open source project I created. It wasn't the last one I created. It's the only one that most people know about, you know, and there's plenty. If you go look on my GitHub repository, you'll find other things that I did or my company's one that are not that exciting that maybe 20 people use or maybe just me use at one point. Um, so, but I do think that's, you know, the aspect of making it easy for people to, providing a space so people could customize things and explore and be creative. That's, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't have to think about that a little bit more. I just like, I think one of the things that's resonated with, I just find fa fascinating is like, there's a part of me that's, you know, actually one of the very first things I learned how to do on a computer back in like the mid eighties, you know, I grew up in like MS-DOS era and was like learning how to change my, the color when we got a CRT monitor, how to make it like a C on background with white text. You know, I literally was customizing my terminal so I could like go to my G directory or G drive to go where all my games were at and create a batch file. And and that's the thing I'm still doing, you know, 40, almost 40 years later uh, that allows people to do stuff like that. So I haven't gone that far, I suppose. It's just, um, and I still don't even know that much about Z shell and how all the inner workings and it's super complicated and I'm like, code's confusing. But I just, again, I'm a curator of things and allowing people to like, I've just created a, a place and a space and I threw it out the out the window and people decided to start adding to it. And so I don't, I don't have to think a little bit, I guess I said, just like the, the creativity part of it. It's, it's just, I think one of the things that's been great to see is like as new generations of developers have come in and they've wanted to kind of make their impression and it's like, I've, I've not fallen into the, like the down that, path of like wanting to create my own keyboard and like having colorful <laughs> keyboards and stuff like I, you can see behind me I got like a, I did get a light thing behind me that can change the colors on and that's fun but I've, I'm like I haven't gotten that far down the path but I'm like there is something interesting or I'm like it feels like people want to have like setting up their workspace there reminds me of like the late 90s Winamp era but mm. it's like your whole desktop your workspace you know like I think a lot about the color palette of my VS code or whatever editor I'm using at this point in time. Mm -hmm. And so like seeing that stuff kind of resonate in your terminal as well, it's, uh, it's kind of 
it, that stuff always mattered to me. Like I always wanted to have a little bit of customization there and whatever was given by default from a you know, Windows terminal or Mac OS, you know, or Linux, just, it wasn't, I always wanted to tweak it a little bit. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I had a, I had a professor who at one point would refuse to, to switch terminals because whatever new one was out there didn't have the precise shade of, of black that <laughs> he wanted. Um, so like, these are very critical choices for people in a lot of different circumstances. So being able to, to customize how they interact with the command line is, is, is really important. There's all these fancy AI tools coming out now for the C, you know, for the command line. And it's getting into some interesting areas where like, I go look at some of these tools and I'm just like, cool, we're doing this autocomplete, but there's, you know, I've always like, it's just interesting part about the command line that I'm always like, it feels so, I feel very, I feel like it's a very vulnerable space where you could easily do some damage uh, mm -hmm. to your, to your computer, your, your company's proprietary software code that you're like interacting with. And so I think about having, you know, it's, I think the funniest thing has been like with Omezisha is when large organizations will have like security teams reach out to me and say, Hey, we're doing some, we're doing like, we found out that some of our employee, our software developers want to like are using your tool and we need to run through some compliance stuff, stuff with you to make sure like, we need to understand what your security protocols are for how code gets changed. And I'm like, Ooh, this is getting too complicated. I'm like, I'm not responsible for what happens on their computers, but at the same time, I don't want to keep those developers from getting to use it. So there's just something, but I'm not getting paid to have, you know, to spend a couple hours talking to a security team about my, my GitHub best practices and, and how I'm managing my SSH keys or who I'm allowing to contribute code to some public open source project. It's not, it's not as bad as it used to be like five years ago. I think a lot of companies are understanding how that stuff works a bit more now, but it is a thing where it's like, well, if it auto updates, that was, mm -hmm. you know, the, here's one thing about the project that I think was a key differentiator for adoption is that when you installed it, we, it spits out like a hooray, welcome to, you know, OMZ shells now installed. It's just some ASCII text that I threw out. Like that was literally the first sticker was just the OMZ shell ASCII. This thing is sold like hotcakes. Uh, I didn't, and we made like a rainbow version of it. People love it. Uh, it auto updates, but all it does is check if there's anything new to pull down <laughs> from Git. You know, it does just does a Git pull. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not anything mad. Like anyone can, any any savvy developer could have figured out how to create something like Omezi Shell. So for what it's worth, I'm just to put that out there. You didn't. If you go look, I have a. I'll send you a link to you an article that I wrote several years ago about how I started the project and what the kind of like the first things you, know, you can actually go look at the first versions of the repository because it's not that complicated and you can see how I added things and what my logic was for how I did it because again it was it's not it wasn't complicated and it isn't complicated so it's an easy project to contribute to I'll just say that we'll we'll put that um we'll put that link in the in the transcript as well so I know we're we're over time I have one last question for you though Sure. Hit me. What is the what what has been the most kind of memorable or um fun story in 
the evolution of Oh My Z Shell. Because there's something, it can be super trivial, it can be super complex. Um, just something that you, you always think back on. Aside from when we forked the project, I remember when we hosted our first like ask me anything and some other some people started like a discord server i don't discord in my brain do not get along that well i do not understand like what is going on in there for whatever reason that's 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 just that's me but i occasionally pop in there and i remember when i went in there once and there was like several thousands of people had signed into this discord server and they getting to like certain that people asking questions and i was like where do all these people come from like how do you, do you have something better to do with your time like this is wild and so that was kind of that was a big thing the other another exciting time was github it's not at the moment but a couple years ago they had relaunched they had like launched a new web, web website or a home page or something and if you scroll down to the very bottom on my shelves project was on the homepage of the GitHub website. And this was only a few years ago. And I remember the CEO at the time had reached out to me because they were working, they were doing in the GitHub, like their annual all hands in-person thing. This was pre-pandemic, I think, or probably like 2019, maybe this when this happened. And they asked me if I would record a video for the staff to talk about how we used GitHub to manage a project and talk about some of the features that we appreciated them launching that year because we have such we have had such an active project since the early days of GitHub that we've been one of the longest running, one of a very popular project, you know, kind of air quoting popular, but a popular project within the GitHub ecosystem for a number of years that to be asked to talk to the their staff in that way. So I recorded like a video that they, you know, I, I believe they played and um for their staff and so that was kind of a cool thing because i get involved i get invited to go kind of get behind the scenes you know beta testing of new features or ideas and we get to share feedback and they've improved githubs for it because when you have a project like that you, you know your notifications my email notifications became basically useless because it's like you know literally like several times an hour someone will star the project and so you log into GitHub and you just be like, so-and-so started, so-and-so started. And I'm like, I don't, this is just, you know, it's great, flattering, but it's also noise. And um, so the, the notifications and everything, and when you log into your dashboard now on GitHub, it's so much better uh, <laughs> than it used to be like five years ago. Like I just didn't even go look at that page. I'm like, this is completely useless to me. So thank you everybody that had a play a hand at that at GitHub. Um, that, was, that was helpful for me. <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Ravi, for for coming on Open Source Stories today and sharing uh, some some cool info about Oh My Z Shell. We continue to use it here, and uh, I don't see that changing. So. I appreciate that, Julia. Um, thanks for having me on, and thanks for letting me share a few little stories. Yeah, looking forward to hearing more from Open Source Stories.